0: Israel's newly inaugurated National Security Minister causes a global eruption with his Temple Mount visit. China and the United Arab Emirates requested that the United Nations have an emergency session to discuss Ben-Gavir's Temple Mount event. And did the Bible prophesy that these very things would develop into the Temple Mount being under international authority and managed under a peace plan? All of this and more today on The End Time Show. Welcome to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're so excited that you have joined us today. We are taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll be getting to your calls momentarily. We're also going to be talking about the stir that's going on the Temple Mount, as you know. Uh, But before we do that, I need to make a special announcement. Our very own Doug Norvell has a birthday. Oh, No. Did you know that, Doug? Yeah, I did. I didn't know we were going to talk about it, but thanks so much. Look. It's, yeah, that's great. Look at you. Oh, you got your wonderful. Jeep back there. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Doug. This, Yeah, thanks. You'll finally be 50. Yeah, 56, Vince. His birthday is actually this Saturday, so um, yeah. be sure to... Give him a shout out on our Facebook today.
1: They tell me to trust the team all the time, folks. So Yes.
0: That's what happens when I trust the team. Absolutely. It's it's a very good thing. And we're yeah. so, it's great. so glad Thanks for so you much. to have another wonderful birthday. Thank you. Doug's an awesome guy. If uh-huh. you agree, comment below. <laughs> all right, Doug, this Temple Mount drama, what in the mm. world is happening over there? Yeah, well, I mean, you wouldn't think that this would be a drama,
1: but it has turned into one. So... Uh, You know, this visit by uh, Ben Gavir goes up on the Temple Mount and all of a sudden everybody's up in arms about it because of the fact it's really more about who he's associated with and he is part of the new government there in uh, Israel that Netanyahu set up.
0: Was that kind of what makes it special? Because there's Jews on the Temple Mount every day.
1: Right, but yes, because of some of his affiliation with some rabbis that are kinda outspoken about the Temple Mount and what it means to the Jewish people. And plus, this gentleman is over the police, the Israeli police who are over the Temple Mount. I mean. We, we have the uh, Jordanian waf that control it as far as the Muslim side of things go. But the ones with the guns who really have the power and the authority up there are the Israeli police. Well, this gentleman is over the Israeli police. And so this visit for that and some of the comments that he's made to news media about uh, Jews going up there on occasion and praying there on the Temple Mount, these things are the things, events that's kind of causing... Uh, heat to come down right now on, Isra- on Israel and not just Israel but the new government that uh, Netanyahu set up. So that's why it's kind of a big deal. Just him going up there is not as much of
0: a big deal as who he is in the Knesset and what he does. Well, I guess they're kind of looking at it like, okay, Benjamin Netanyahu's back. Right. This guy is new and he's kind of making a statement. Yeah. And so what could follow?
1: Right. Well, remember when, uh, Ariel Sharon went up during his tenure as prime minister and said, we will never give up this temple mount. It will always belong to Israel. And uh, that started a war between Hamas and Israel. And, and that war lasted for a couple of years. I mean, I can remember visiting a, a place in Bethlehem uh, that uh, Pastor Baxter had a friend there that owned a store, and we would go to his store while we were visiting.
0: And remember, Bethlehem is under the Palestinian Authority. When I and, went, there's like across the street from where we we're at, there was like this uh, apartment complex, like a skyscraper, and there's like a hole in the side from where somebody right. shot in missiles there a yeah. few days before. And I'm and going. That, <laughs> that's we're what I'm here? talking about. <laughs> yeah,
1: and there were bullet holes in the walls. I mean, huge like 50 caliber rounds that were in the. In the building still when I went. So I went after you did, even when when it had been further down the road from when it happened. But anyway, that's what the big stir is. They think because of who this gentleman is and what his uh, authority is there, him going
0: up on the Temple Mount is disturbing the status quo. Well, so we're talking about that, too. And we take tours to Israel. So that's kind of weird for us to talk about this. And the fact that we're going to take a bus or two or three right. over to drive around in these places. So yeah. <laughs> would you rather be out at night in Jerusalem or in South Dallas? Jerusalem, most definitely. What about I've been out at night in Jerusalem, as a matter of fact. Jerusalem or Chicago? Uh, Jerusalem. Okay, so yeah. we're talking about this stuff because it is a reality. But as Absolutely. far as the level of concern and danger, it doesn't appear to be there. No.
1: And I mean, one of the things that people need to understand, too, Vince, is that the Palestinians just as well as the Israelis realize what tourism is to them. So, yes, they'll have clashes occasionally because of things like this. But uh, the the things that are happening now, the reason why it's uh, kind of a big deal to us uh, being a a prophecy ministry is because there are things that we're seeing in some of these articles we're going to share with people that are setting up the foundation for what we know is going to happen in the final seven years. And so uh, it's, it's exciting to see some of this stuff. If I were in Israel right now, would I be feared for my life? Absolutely not. It's mm. not there's not that big of a deal going. Now, there were some uh, shots done from Gaza, from the Gaza Strip into uh, what would really be, I guess, Western Israel. Mm. And it didn't even make it into Israel. It actually crashed in Gaza, and they shot one missile off. Uh, in retaliation for this uh, visit to the Temple Mount.
0: And, and actually, we've had groups there when these type of um, uh, dangerous... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when this has occurred, yeah. and our groups were nowhere near that because we're typically not in those places. Right. However, like in Jericho, there was some hostility there yeah. in that time that, that was alarming, but um, it is extremely safe. I walked right. around very late at night and went down to Ben Yehuda Street and uh, the the night that everyone's breaking the Sabbath, and we're having a good time down there. No worries <laughs> there of go. concern. So yeah. uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and I can't wait to go back. But Absolutely. with this Temple Mount thing, Doug, I, I couldn't believe my eyes when I read that China is coming in and saying, hey, you guys need to meet about this at the UN. Yeah. And, of course, we're going to get into the story a little bit deeper. But what significance could that mean with this? Well, the
1: whole thing is the international community. And because China is one of those countries that have veto power in it, Uh, you know, in the UN and they control a little bit of what happens, they have a little bit of leeway there where they can say this needs to be investigated further. Well that's basically what this is. They're stepping up for the Palestinian people saying was there a protocol that was done that that breaches that status quo. And so uh, to see someone like China doing this, uh, the Palestinians are always reaching out to their allies and trying to pull bigger powers in so that they have a little bit more authority there. Uh, And and I think we've seen in the past few years, Vince, we've seen the UN and the international community give a little bit more uh, leniency toward the Palestinians. I mean, they don't even call the Temple Mount the Temple Mount. They call it by its Arab name. And so uh, there, there's other places where we've talked about this in the past where they've, they've called them by Palestinian names and not necessarily the Jewish names. Even in places where some of the Jewish uh, patriarchs are buried, they call them by their Palestinian or their Muslim name and not by the Hebrew names for those areas. You look like you were going to say something. (laughs) You decided not to. Well... There it is.
0: You're waiting for the music. Well, I am (laughs) waiting for the music, and we'll be right back and talk a little bit more about this. There you go.
2: Gain peace
1: and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy.
2: Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash
0: events for more information. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell. We're taking your calls. The number to join us is 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Before we get into the show any further, I want to tell you that Dave and Jana Robbins will be in Garland, Texas on January 14th and 15th. I will be there with my family. A number of the End Time team will be there. Doug, I don't know if you're going to make it or not, but what do you think? Uh, there's a possibility I may be there on Saturday. Okay, maybe a surprise appearance from Doug and Tina, <laughs> uh, but a number of our team members will be there, and so we would invite you to come out and uh, join us for actually the very first conference of 2023. You can learn more about the venue and the times and everything you need to know is at endtime.com slash events. I know Dave is releasing a brand-new lesson called understanding the end time it's a uh, overview of the new 14 lessons that will be coming out soon so uh, it's definitely something that you don't want to miss it won't be streamed anywhere online it's totally available only if you're there in person here in the dallas area so go to endtime.com slash events to learn more i guess i should also say uh, that's sunday uh, saturday night and sunday night but dave is also preaching in their morning services at nine and eleven on sunday Uh, So that's not a prophecy conference. They'll have a regular service, and Dave will be preaching. So you have four opportunities, 6 p.m. Saturday, 9 a.m. Sunday, 11 a.m. Sunday, and 6 p.m. Sunday. So be sure to come out and see us all. We would love for you to join us. Again, we're taking your calls at 877-END-TIME-TODAY, 877-363-8463. Now, Doug, we're talking about the Temple Mount, and specifically this Temple Mount war Mm -hmm. in Israel that will occur... um, and I am just sitting here in doubt, da- I'm standing here in Dallas, going, <laughs> "Why? Why is this important to me?" And I know we're going to get into what the Bible has to say a little bit later. But kind of a quick, uh, kind of overview on why in the world this should matter to
1: me. Well, one of the things about events, um, not only to to us as individuals, but because of prophecy, it's very important. But to an individual that may not understand all the ins and outs about it, what we understand from prophecy, we know that eventually there's going to be a peace agreement there between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Right now, that's where this conflict is. Uh, they both claim rights to that mountain. They they both, uh, of course, the Arab community believes that it's their third most holy site. Uh, the uh, Israelis believe that it is their most holy sites where the first and the second temple stood. And so we know that in the future it's going to be a sharing arrangement because we have scripture that we'll talk about later that proves that. Uh, So that's a big deal to see anything like this. And, And just last year when we were on uh, you remember there was some fighting going on on the Temple Mount. There were some Muslim folks who uh, barricaded themselves in the uh, Dome of the Rock area in the al aqsa Mas, and they had clashes with police, and I think a tree was set on fire up there and some mm-hmm. things happened. Uh, so it, it got a little crazy back then just because of some Jewish people who went up on the Temple Mount and prayed uh, because that's a, that's a big no-no right now. Uh, but we know the things that are coming in, uh, prophecy and what we're looking for. And so when we see anything about the Temple Mount, especially if we see the international community getting involved, it uh, throws up some some very big red flags and lets us know there's something going on.
0: So from what we can see in Bible prophecy, this isn't a um, a local event. I mean obviously the Temple Mount thing will be, but there's implications because once this happens, there's other things that are going to be open to happening. Right, absolutely. Because we know there's like a marker with that. Mm -hmm. And when that marker occurs, there's other things after. You know, we're talking the mark of the beast. Well, you know what? It's probably good just to tell them, go watch the six things that could happen uh, in 2023 episode that we did on the last week of 2022. So go check that out at watch.endtime.com. It's available on demand on Into the H+. Um, on all your uh, devices, including watch.endtime.com, So check that out, and you'll see what things uh, could have a domino effect as a result of what's happened with the Temple Mount. So Mm. it is important to me. It is important to you and anybody in the world, really. Right. So we need to be alerted when stuff like this is happening because this is kind of monumental, Doug, that this stirring is occurring. (laughs) I like that. That's good. From the international community. Yeah. So let's hear what... um, what, what's actually being said in these stories. So, so far, we've just been given our take on it, but let's tell people what's up. Yeah. Um, according to this article, it took less than a week for Israel's new far-right government to become embroiled in the, its first international incident. The cause was a 15-minute visit on Tuesday by Israel's newly inaugural national security minister, Ben Gavir, to Alask Mosque, com- compound in Jerusalem, Home to the holiest site in Judaism, known to the Jews as the Temple Mount, and the third holiest site in Islam, as you said, uh, Ben Gavir did not use his visit to pray. So he didn't pray. Right. Something which is forbidden by Jews in religious law, but which he and others have long advocated for. Now that is not their law that prevents them, obviously. Just to clarify that, the Jews their religious law doesn't say they shouldn't pray. Well, either.
1: some some very religious Jews believe that they can't go up there without those ashes from that red heifer. Ah, That's okay, why the yeah. red heifer is so important. But the ones that are not as religious uh, the sect of Jews like, like this gentleman, they believe that if they don't go up there and let their voices be heard, they will lose the Temple Mount forever. So they they kind of look past that. Mm. But the very religious Jews, they this would be a very big no-no. Don't go up there without being sanctified by those uh, red heifer Indeed. ashes.
0: Okay. So the story goes on to say, the move uh, was seen as a deliberate provocation, one that risks upending the delicate status quo and one of the most... Volatile holy sites in the Middle East. I love it when the status quo is mixed up. Now, <laughs> right. I love status quo. You know how I am. Like
4: yeah. I like
0: order and process and all that yeah, stuff. absolutely. But also, sometimes that stuff needs to be um, shaken up a bit. Shaken up. Yeah. So I kind of like when that stuff occurs. <laughs> uh, in this case, the visit invited condemnation from Palestinians and Israel's international allies alike. And it even appeared, which is interesting, Doug, to prompt the postponement of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's long-coveted trip to the United Arab Emirates. Now, it appeared to do that, mm-hmm. and that, uh, w- because they condemned him for this serious and pro uh, uh, provocative violation. Right. And so, it's interesting that they are criticizing them because I look back at Trump's peace plan mm-hmm. and how on board they've been with the peace talks. Right. And so, now you've got someone from the Israeli government stirring it up with the United Arab Emirates, who's been a huge, like, indoor for these peace talks. Right, and
1: because the the United Arab Emirates, they were one of the first uh, Arab nations that signed on to the Abraham Accord. In the Abraham Accord, Vince, it, it states in there that all religions should be able to respectfully worship on the Temple Mount. That's one of the things that they agreed to. Well, now all this gentleman has done, and because, like I said before, earlier who he is in the government and what his job is for him to go up there apparently it has struck a bitter chord and one of the things that worries or that is worrisome I guess I should say that worries a lot of people is because uh, remember just the other day we were talking about Saudi Arabia was ready Mm -hmm. to sign on to the Accords it was like pretty much uh, it was already in the bag you know and so now I'm wondering and a lot of people are asking that question, could this affect that? Could this affect the biggest Arab nation and, and the strongest one with the most influence over the Palestinian people? Could this affect them and keep them from coming into the Accords? Uh, I definitely hope that isn't the case, uh, but it could be. We'll just have to wait and see what happens here.
0: Well, let's hear your take on it. The number to join us is 877-INTIME-877-363-8463. What do you think about the impact of this Uh, according to the peace plan that's kind of already been established and is growing. uh, How do you think that will turn out? Give us a call and let us know. All right, Doug, this um, is talking about the status quo. goes into that. um, So I'm looking at it going, what is this status quo with the Jews? What what does that mean when we start talking about that? We Uh are far removed from what's going on over there. Mm -hmm. And... You know, we have somewhat of an idea because we've been there, but right. also, I mean, you're reading probably who knows how many dozens of hours a week about this kind of thing. Right. So you've got a pretty good handle on what this status quo actually is. So what, what is that?
1: Yeah. So um, basically, Vince, when uh, Israel took over the Temple Mount in 1967 in that war, when they captured the Temple Mount and, uh, you know, you, you hear the famous line, uh, the Temple Mount is in our hands. Uh, When that happened, what happened after that to keep Israel from uh, just going into a full out war with all the Arab nations surrounding her and probably the international community at that time too, they didn't just put the Israeli flag up there and say, this is ours now and no one can come up here but Jewish people. Uh, What they did was very diplomatically, they put uh, that under the Jordanian government's control as far as that's what we call the waf. So the the Jordanian government really controls the Arab side of it and makes sure that none of the Jewish people that go up there are breaking the status
0: quo. The status or, or quo even non-Jewish. Right. Right? Because yeah, when we because, went up there, yeah. I remember on our trip there was a girl who had on sleeves that were like, you know, middle of her bicep. Yeah, and they made her put a trash bag over like a shawl because yeah, they're like, you can't absolutely. come up here uncovered. Yeah, she's not a Jew; she's an American uh, tourist there. That's right. So they're like, you're not coming on. <laughs> yeah, over here with and, that. And dress that's that definitely way. part of it because they're, you know,
1: we know especially from Iran and, and how strict their dress code is for women. Uh, there is a very strict dress code for women in the Muslim. Uh, well, even men,
0: like, I don't think you can wear shorts up there, right? Mm-hmm. So no, you, you can pants. And, and, and
1: I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think women have to have skirts below their knees. Yes. And even better if their legs are completely covered. So uh, they don't even like that. So uh, it's that's one of the things. The other thing, the big thing is that you can't go up there and pray. Anybody that is not Muslim cannot go up on the Temple Mount and offer prayer at the Temple Mount. We had a gentleman in our group that he bent down and kissed the ground. There are always those people. <laughs> we thought that he was going to get thrown in jail. But, I mean, they really went crazy over that. But So you don't do those things unless you're a Muslim. Uh, so that's that's the status quo. It is uh, an area that where only Muslims are allowed to pray. Now, in the past few months, we've seen people go up there and pray. And that's one of the things that uh, Gavir said to the media. He said, you know... Jews have been allowed to come up here and pray in some incidences, as long as they didn't cause a scene doing it. So, uh, we we've seen people go up there and pretend to be on their cell phone, but they're really praying. Uh, we've seen people go up there and drop coins on the ground and bend over to pick them up and pray as they're picking up their money.
0: Uh, so we've seen I prayed people... when I went up. Well, no, yeah. I, I didn't feel like I had to bend or right. do anything special. I'm doing this like I'm, I'm talking to you. You know, I'm yeah. walking and looking like. Yeah. In Jesus' name. Right. <laughs>
1: and and so I mean you know we do that because I did the same thing. I was thanking God for the opportunity to even be there and walk in that place. It's pretty awesome. So, uh, you know, but that's what the status quo is. And so they were they're saying that uh, Gavir broke the status quo by going up there uh, and making some of the statements he made. He didn't pray. He just went up there and basically said, "We you will not that? yield." I don't know if I believe it or not. He probably did. But he he went up there and and what he said was we will not uh, bow down to terrorist organizations. So basically he went up there and declared Israel's sovereignty over the Temple Mount. That's where it becomes a problem because they're like, this is our Temple Mount. And if that happens, then it causes problems.
0: Another, I think, uh, key note there is the way the Palestinians are looking at this, they're not like... It's not just like status quo where they're like whatever happens happens. Right. These rules are strict like we've already mentioned, but also there's people walking around with machine guns. Mm-hmm. Soldiers walking around up there like Yeah. you know like don't get out of line here like yeah. you don't feel like you're about to be shot but you know like right. if something were crazy were to happen there, you know, you never know. Right. But um you know I'm looking at that going what how do the how in the world do the Palestinians see all this? Yeah. And so
1: one of the things that concerns them, I guess, is their fear, Vince, is that the Jews would actually tear down the Dome of the Rock and the Aleks Samas. Oh,
0: why would they be scared of that?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's not what the Jewish people have proclaimed will happen. That's not even what the majority of anyone in their, their Knesset or their government even thinks about. They think about being able to build on the spot that's just north of the Dome of the Rock yep. uh,
0: and, and share that. And that's very biblical. That's what scripture tells us. Well, that's what New Testament tells us. Right. And what's interesting to me, because it, it's a personal story, is when I was there, we had a uh, session. So like after dinner, they'll have they'll bring people in. You know how, the, how it goes, but we'll bring special people in to speak to our group on the tour. Right. And we brought in uh, Rabbi Yehuda Klick, who is internationally known at this point. He's been shot. I think he was shot last year. Mm -hmm. Um, He's alive, but uh, he was shot, and uh, he was head of the Temple Institute then. Knowing that he doesn't read the New Testament, I asked him about that. I'm like, okay, if you could build the temple, but you wouldn't have an outer court, being over the Temple Institute... Because they, they're proclaiming, we have everything ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they list everything that they should have, and they've got it ready. All they have to do is have a green light to go do it. So I'm like, if you could go do it now, but say no outer court, would you do that? And he looked at me and said, absolutely, we would do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but knowing the Jews, we would eventually want to have our outer court. But if all we could do is do everything but the outer court, we would do it in a heartbeat. And I'm going... Yeah. They really are on board with this. They really are, <laughs> and and you the know, the guy's the head of the Temple Institute. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And not only that, he's he was in Knesset. That when he got shot, yes. he was actually part of the Knesset. Yeah. What's um, that for people that don't know? That, that's their government. That's okay. the the government they formed. So it'd be
0: like a Biden admin official. Yeah, that, somebody that, in Congress yeah. saying,
1: yeah, we'd absolutely do that. Yeah. So the the other thing that's very important to the Palestinians, not just that those two sites are preserved there, but they believe that they need to have statehood there and they believe that they need to have... You're talking about Palestinians. Uh, yeah, the Palestinians should have a statehood there and that they should have half of the city of Jerusalem, including the old city. And so that's what they want. So they think if, if they have this status on the Temple Mount, then they still have a shot of being able to have half of Jerusalem as their capital. So that's where the big thing, you start seeing talk like this. Now this article actually mentions that, that that's one of their aspirations. So when you see things like that, then you start saying, okay, this is uh, prophetically
0: linked. And that's what we're seeing. And we'll talk about that prophetic link on the other side of the break. You like this new music, Doug? Oh, man, it is. Jazzy. Some of it's right up your alley. I'm I can see you, you jamming yeah, in the man. Jeep. I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. Well, don't forget, give us a call. 877 N times the number to join us, 877 363 8463. We'll be right back after this break.
3: Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
1: If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the Watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the Archive button.
0: Welcome back to The End Time Show. Vince DeGall here with Doug Norvell. We're taking your calls at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Before we go any further, I want to remind you, it's Doug's birthday. So be sure to comment below. Happy birthday, Doug. You know, Doug, one of the reasons for this updated mm -hmm. music is because I thought, you know, if we could get this updated music in, maybe Doug would do that dance that I was requesting a long time ago. <laughs> no, that's not happening. <laughs> and it's not really part of the reason, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, we can have some fun with it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wish Doug a happy birthday. We're so um, excited that Doug is uh, having another healthy year.
1: No, yeah, thank you very much. 50, I
0: Are you telling it. your age? 56. 56, yeah. all right, well, there it is. I uh, wish him a happy birthday. Also, don't forget we'll be in Garland, Texas, which is here in the North Dallas area. The Saturday, let me see, I've already forgotten the date, I'm sorry. Saturday, January 14th, Sunday, January 15th, Saturday nights at 6 p.m. Dave's preaching in a regular worship service at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., and then we'll have another Prophecy Conference Sunday night at 6 p.m., so be sure to come out. A lot of the End Time team will be there, all our families, uh, Dave and Jana and Doug and myself, our wives will be there. And so... Uh, come out. We would love to meet you there. Go to endtime.com slash events to learn more, or you can give us a call at 800-END-TIME. Again, to give us a call to be on the show today, the number is almost the same. It's 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll be getting to some of our calls here in a moment. But before we do, Doug, it's really important, I think, for us to talk about why, what we're, I mean, we're talking about this, this war, the Temple Mount war in Israel. Yeah. And this is really a, You know, is there, are there going to be cannons and bombs that are launched from this war? No, I
1: don't believe, not at this time anyway. Uh, But eventually, could that happen? Eventually, down the road, yes. At the end of that final seven years, when we see that peace agreement happen, Vince, at the end of that, that's where everything is going to uh, wrap up. That's Jesus comes down, uh, his feet land on the Mount of Olives, and then uh, he goes to war with those
0: people. nations that come against Israel there. And that's kind of gonna be as a result or connected to this Temple Mount situation yeah, absolutely. that is happening today. Yeah. So I mean I know that's a quick version of why it's important to Bible prophecy, but right. let's hear the longer version. So the longer version, of course, uh,
1: we read the scripture all the time, but I'll give you the scripture and you can look it out. We we don't have a lot of time to go into it today, but Daniel nine twenty seven lets us know that there's going to be a Uh, Confirmation of a covenant there. That covenant is actually the peace agreement between the Palestinians and the Israelis. People ask us all the time why the Abraham Accord was not the peace agreement that we're looking for in Daniel 9.27. The reason is because it didn't involve Palestine and Israelis. Uh, So without Israel and the Palestinians coming to that agreement, we don't have the prophesied uh, covenant that we're looking for. That covenant is going to establish the final borders of Israel. It's going to establish a Palestinian state and it's going to give a sharing arrangement of that Temple Mount. The Antichrist shows up in the middle of that final seven year period in the middle of this peace treaty. And he stops the daily sacrifices because they'll be started up with the temple, and he sets up the abomination of desolation. Uh, the abomination of desolation is when the man of sin or the Antichrist sits in a rebuilt Jewish temple and declares that he is God and to be worshiped as God. So we know that happens halfway into that final seven years. Matthew 24. Uh, 15 through 21 lets us understand that when you see that event that abomination desolation that Daniel speaks of that that's going to cause the Great tribulation and it tells people specifically in the area of Judea which we know will be the Palestinian state they're going to give Judea with what is considered the West Bank they're going to give that to the Palestinians allow the Israeli, uh, settlers living in that area to remain under a Palestinian authority, and that's where the tribulation will begin. Something about what the Antichrist declares at the abomination and desolation will start the tribulation, and it will be those Jewish people living in the settlements that will be the first ones to fall victim to the great tribulation.
0: So this peace peace plan that's coming, mm-hmm. it hasn't been signed yet. Right. Is that true? Well, that part, the one that we're looking for, has not. Now, we
1: not to confuse everybody because we do have uh, the Abraham Accord that's in place where Arab nations have come in and they've had normalization of uh, their currency, or not their currency, but their economies and everything with Israel. So they're actually partnering together with Israel for all kinds of industry, medical purposes, tourism, everything. So they're normalizing
0: their relationship with Israel. But the Palestinians have not well, that's, signed That's uh, an interesting point that can be overlooked. Yeah. That relationship is being normalized. Right. And so... Because prior on. to this, you couldn't
1: have anything to do with Jewish people if you were a Muslim. It's a,
0: it's a warm-up for what's to come. Right. Absolutely. And so also interesting in that is we've talked about the red heifers here. Mm-hmm. That's in the works. Right. I think if I'm remembering correctly, you'll have to correct me, Doug, the end of this year, those red heifers are going to be either at the appropriate age or a month or so away. Yeah. So they're going to be at the real close to it, if not there, at the end of this year Right. and would be able to be sacrificed, yeah. which would purify the temple like you talked about yeah. from their perspective and allow them to go do these things. And like we've talked about, when that happens, it seems like the pedal would be to the metal on getting that temple <laughs> yeah, built. Absolutely. Not to mention, you know, with somebody like Netanyahu in there, mm-hmm. he's kind of like a Trump figure. Yeah, he is. He is um, going to be gun ho about that as well.
1: Mm-hmm. So. And And so is this gentleman that went up to the Temple Mount. Uh, clearly. Yes.
0: <laughs> he's making his stance known very clearly. Absolutely. And so we see all these things coming together to paint this picture of what the Bible's been telling us all along. Yeah. And, and you know, we talked about the culmination of all this.
1: Whenever uh, this happens at the end of the final seven years, it'll be a battle for Jerusalem, for the capital. Uh, the Bible says in Zechariah 14, 1 and 2, that half of the city shall fall. So it lets us know that Israel controls Jerusalem, all the way up until the Battle of Armageddon. But that's going to be one of the things, the way that we've always looked at it is that it's probably one of those things that they'll say, we'll get this peace agreement done, but we'll come back to the status of the capital, uh, you know, seven years down the road. Yeah. And Israel, when we get there, will be like, we're not giving it up. And we have the Battle of Armageddon happen. So
0: Perhaps. Yeah. Now, um, I'm looking at all this and... I'm wondering where does the Great Tribulation fall? Because we're saying that this Temple Mount thing kind of has a domino effect for a number of other events. Right. Does that happen before this Temple Mount becomes shared, after it? Do we know when it happens?
1: Yeah, so we know because of what it tells us there in Daniel 9:27, in the middle of that final seven years. So when we see this peace agreement, that seven year starts, that Antichrist. Now,
0: now, is it true that we may not really know the exact day that that's signed initially? Right. Okay. We, we may not know for sure, but we'll know when we start hearing hey, they've
1: come to an agreement, so we'll know we're within that period. And we'll have the agreement to read. It's not like, I mean, right. rarely is that stuff kept under wraps anymore. Right. Well, like the, the Abraham
0: Accords, it was all. Uh, made public. I mean, you could go on, you know, Whitehouse.gov, Whitehouse. yeah, yeah, and check it out. And they had those five things. They had four of the five things that the Bible says would be in that peace plan. Absolutely. But that that peace plan never was implemented. Right
1: now, they can build off of that. That's yeah. the thing, and that's where people <laughs> always are like, "Well, that makes Trump the Antichrist." Well, no, it it doesn't. But he's laid a foundation for this peace treaty to be done. And and remember, Daniel nine twenty seven says that the Antichrist will make a covenant with many. There's going to be a lot of people involved. That's what we're seeing right now. Uh, I mean, the international community is getting involved in this. And so that's one thing that we've uh, seen would, would come up, that the international community would have a big role to play in this. And, of course, if you're the Antichrist, you're in charge of this international community at the time that he'll be revealed. And so there's going to be a huge uh, international community, world government presence there on that day. So, when's the great tribulation happen? It happens in the middle of that final 7 years. When you see the abomination and desolation, the antichrist revealed, and then it says that the this immediately causes that great tribulation. It says that people that are living in Judea shouldn't even go back to their house to get their clothes or anything. They should just run for
0: safety. So, we'll see the Temple Mount built. We'll see and then the temple, that yeah. will happen because he's going to stand up there. Absolutely. And then three and a half years after that is when the Great Tribulation begins. Okay. Maybe, is that right? I, I'm trying to see how you worded that. because here, well, I, w- I want it to be right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sincerely so, asking.
1: So when we see that temple being built, we're, we know that we're in that final seven years. The temple will be completed because in uh, okay. Revelation 12... I mean, Revelation 11. Three and a half years after
0: that signing occurs,
1: right? So, three and a half years after that peace treaty is when that happens. We'll see a full uh, temple being built. We'll see people worshiping there because he's going to stop the animal sacrifices. So, So so when we see the temple being built, the final seven years has already begun. We're in the final seven years. Yes. Now we won't know where we are in the middle of that until (laughs) that day he's revealed. So until the day he goes up there, and possibly the the false prophet pulls fire down from the sky, and says, "Here's your Messiah," and points to the Antichrist, a lot of people will be fooled by these things. But there's going to be that uh, abomination and desolation, and I believe it'll be very publicized because look at how things are now. It'll be streamed live everywhere. Absolutely. I mean, TikTok. You know, all them things that y'all talk about all the time that I know nothing about.
0: All those things, it'll be on there. So the rapture will have already happened. Nope. Well,
1: what about the Great Tribulation? <laughs> great Tribulation happens, it starts at that three and a half years. Three and a half years later, what does Matthew 24, 29 through 31 tells us? That immediately after the Tribulation of those days... Now we know so the, the tribulation at the end of all that. Absolutely, the end of the final seven. That's years. not
0: what most people say. No,
1: no, and we know that the tribulation is three and a half years because it tells us over and over in the Bible. It tells us in time, times, and the dividing of time. It tells us uh, 42 months in another section in Revelation 13. In Revelation 12, it says 1,260 days. So all those add up to three and a half years. And a lot of people want to say, well, in a year or a day to the Lord, like a thousand years and things like that, and a thousand years to a day and things like that. No, this tells us the number of days and it tells us the month and it tells us time, times and dividing of time. It's actual days like we
0: would count them. Interesting stuff, Doug. Yeah. It, it is quite important to Bible prophecy and to everyone in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So we need to know about these things, and that's why we're bringing it up to you today. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll be getting to our calls after the break, so we'll get to John in Tennessee when we come back from the break. So uh, there are open lines that you can join us at 877-N, times the number to call, 877-363-8463. Now, Doug, we're not up to a break yet, but I didn't want to bring John in, and he didn't have time to ask his question. So the world government has gotten involved with what has happened here. Yeah. What's that about? Well, that's a that's a huge
1: development as well because now uh, we see that the UN Security Council will be meeting today, actually is the day they're going to meet, uh, discussing what happened in Israel. So we may be beginning to see a shift there, Vince. The Bible uh, kind of tells us some things, but we get uh, even more information from history. And we'll talk about that a little bit after the break. But... We understand that there's going to be an international uh, security over that Temple Mount, that it'll be placed under an international
0: uh, community hands. And and we can look right now and, and know that there are a few of these international communities in place. Yeah, absolutely. The UN... World Economic Forum, mm-hmm. are there any others? Yeah, the EU also.
1: I mean, all these are, are like a big development in world government, and so we're watching that world government kind of come together right now.
0: It's getting real, Doug. Yeah. All right, give us a call, 877-IN-TIME, 877-363-8463. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince DeGol here with Doug Norvell. Open lines at eight seven seven End Time 877 877-3638463. three six three eight four six three. We'll be getting to the phones here in a minute. Before we do, Doug, we were talking about before the break at the world government how the world government's getting involved with this, mm-hmm. and so we kind of need to wrap that up before we go to the phones. Yeah, and so we have an article
1: there. Uh, really not a lot of time to read that article, but they're meeting today, Vince, to discuss this matter. It's not like they're really going to have anything that they can do about it right now, but they're going to discuss it and decide, you know, like the UN does, uh, they come up with these, uh, uh, you know, (laughs) their own little rules where they tell Israel what they got to do and Israel hardly ever does They love it when you
0: refer to them that way, their own little rules. Yeah,
1: but they... Because the Bible says that in the end time they'll have great iron teeth, but right now they really don't have the teeth to enforce uh, these things that yeah, they try the to do. because the U.S.
0: just vetoes it or something. And then right. Now,
1: in this particular case, though, the U.S. is on board with this. They're they're upset with the Israeli government. It also says that Great Britain and France are also uh, upset about this. So, so it's kind of a huge deal because of how many... Uh, countries are involved in being upset. We know Great Britain is the lion. We know France is the the wings on the back of that leopard. Uh, the symbol for France is a rooster. That uh, four-headed leopard in Daniel has uh, wings of a fowl on its back. Uh, we believe that to be France. And France and Germany are allies, very close allies, and connected basically um I was going to say at the hip, but in this case, I guess at the back. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they, they all uh, believe, you know, that they can do something about this situation. The, the interesting thing about this, and this is the last thing that I'll cover before we go to the phones, because I just want this to be known to people, is one of the reasons why we believe that it will be placed under an international uh, community that authority over the Temple Mount, and then they'll be the ones that uh, enforce the law there. Right now... Like we said, we have the Jordanian waft, the Muslim waft, that are kind of the ones that are up there uh, watching everybody. But then there's also the Israeli police. Uh, they're the ones with the blue uniforms and the machine guns mm-hmm. or sometimes green uniforms it's and the machine like guns. Almost like blue here. Yeah. And and so they are up there. But what the international community wants to do is to, to take over that. And this was actually introduced during the uh, Camp David Accords when Bill Clinton was in... Uh, the presidency, and he had Yasser Arafat and Ehud Barak at Camp David Uh, in 2000. They had these talks, and they were talking about the Temple Mount. Of course, uh, Yasser Arafat, he said that they could never give up the Temple Mount. Uh, Barak said they could never give up the Temple Mount. Well, uh, President Clinton said, well, why not just share it? And they said that could never happen because you couldn't get Jews and and, uh, Muslims on the same 34 acres without having a war Well, then they said, well, there is a way. I think uh, Barack was the one that came up with this solution. He said, why not place it under the international authority of the UN?
0: Makes sense. Yeah.
1: And so this has been a template ever since then. Uh, for a future peace agreement that it would be placed under international community. So uh, that's why we we see that. There's also some scripture that kind of leads us to believe that that's going to happen. But uh, we've got Revelation 11.1 1 tells us about the sharing of the Temple Mount, uh, that there will be a Jewish temple there. John was told to measure the temple and the... Uh, Altar and the worshipers, but not to measure the outer court. It would be trodden down by the Gentiles. So we, that's how we understand. There's a sharing arrangement. Uh, Daniel eleven forty five tells us a very interesting thing, and we don't talk about this one a lot. Uh, but it says, "And he, meaning the Antichrist, shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain." And yet shall come to his end and none shall help him. So we know that there's going to be an international presence there right outside of the holy mountain of Israel, which would allow for the Antichrist to be there when he is revealed. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we see that he's revealed where I talked about before in 3 and 4 where he proclaims that he is God and to be worshipped as God. So all these things are in Scripture and we're watching it kind of play right now. We're watching it fall into place. So that's what makes it very interesting. And, uh, you know, this, the really great thing about this is these articles are out there and anybody can go and they can read these articles for themselves. And now because of the knowledge you have from the scriptures we shared and some of the information today, you'll understand why these are prominent stories
0: in Bible prophecy. It's coming together. Yes, sir. All right. All right. We have open lines at 877-END-TIME, 877-363-8463. Let's go to John in Tennessee. John, welcome to the End Time Show.
2: Good afternoon to the two of you.
0: Good afternoon, sir. nice to
2: see you again, and nice to see that new set you've got there.
0: Yes, and you you know, to to comment about the set, there's a number of uh, technology upgrades that are still occurring, so uh, thanks to everyone out there for being patient with us as we uh, navigate growing pains
2: that extensive a technological upgrades things are gonna happen. <laughs> right. So they just people are gonna have to sit back and wait a little bit until you get all the bugs ironed out. Yep. My question today, and I'm apologize for the voice, I've got some sinus things going on. It's very interesting to me that one of the first commands that God ever gave to the people when he let them into the New Holy Land, was to run off everybody that was living there now. He hated them in defeating them until they screwed up and he had to let them understand it was him running things. He aided them in defeating them, he allowed them to take over the land, but one of the first commands they ever broke was to just allow people to stay and to form friendships and arrangements with them. And as much as I've thought about it, and tried about it, and looked it up, I can never get any of the Jewish to give me any sort of justification for that, which gives me kind of a little problem that they might be willing to give up more than it looks like we're willing to give up to get this, agreement going mm-hmm. and so i'm wondering if in your travels over there have you ever heard anyone kind of back up the decisions made in the past about not taking out the dome of the rock in the alaska mosque when they captured the the holy or the holy mountain and things like that because i really never heard anyone justify their actions but uh it's, I know it's God's plan, and it's following it to a T. Right. And all these things must happen. But it would be interesting to hear just exactly why they've done these things against his wishes so often.
0: John, I don't know that we have the answer <laughs> on that one.
2: You know, <laughs> it is well, kind of a left you know, Good
0: luck if you're trying to figure that one
1: out. I can tell you a little bit about what I understand in modern times time and what's going on now. Now, if we go back to the Old Testament, because John, you know, this is something that's been going on in the Old Testament forever. Uh, you know, God told them from the get go, when you come into the land to drive them out, uh, they never did. And the whole, the whole purpose of that, uh, John, one of the reasons there was that God did not want them uh, to intermingle with their religious beliefs. God, the one true God of Israel, was telling them, look, they have all these other gods, and I want you to destroy all that. Get it out of your life. Kind of like what he tells us about having idols in our own life. He wants to be yes. the Lord of Lord and the King of kings of our lives. When we accept Jesus Christ, he wants to be the Lord of our life. Uh, and so, you know, it's kind of the same thing. We deal with it on a modern day uh, situation because we allow idols in our own lives But the thing about 1967 is that when they took that Temple Mount back, there was a rabbi there, and he did want to blow it up. He had dynamite with him, and he wanted to blow up the Alask Mosque and the Dome of the Rock, uh, but he was not allowed to because the general there told him, I will put you in jail if you keep opening your mouth about this. And uh, so he went away sad. The reason why is because they knew... The international community would come down on them if they did that. And not only that, but they would be at world war with all the Muslim nations around them. Not that they hadn't come in and had a, you know, a six day war and, and had a miracle occur. You know, God yes. made a miracle happen there. But they were afraid. And it's the same thing, John, when you go back and you look at why the children of uh, Israel were stuck in the wilderness for so long because they went into the land and they came back and they were afraid. They we're saw them. they said these these people are more powerful than us. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. And there's no way we can win even though God already told them you can win. It's the Basically, same thing. it's a
2: question of faith.
0: Yes, sir. Well, you know, Doug, um, this may be interesting for John as well, but um, we, we do believe, I, I believe our stance is they are going to give up more land than what yeah. it appears they would because what's called the occupied territories mm-hmm. they're going to sign that away and that's what's going to that's what we read about in Matthew where he's like oh, yeah. get out of judea well yeah. they're not supposed to give that away right but they do yeah. and here comes part of the tribulation
2: the yeah,
1: absolutely and, and, you know, that's the whole thing because when you look at Genesis and you see the original covenant with Abraham, it goes from the uh, river in Egypt, the Nile, all the way to the Euphrates River. Uh, that's a huge area that Israel oh, doesn't yeah. control right now because of their lack of faith and because of, you know, neglecting what God told them. So Vince is absolutely right. They're going to give the West Bank to oh, yeah. Palestinians.
2: I've had people tell me that, well, it's because of the secular rulers that have moved in and taken over a lot of the Knesset and stuff. And then I say to myself, but I haven't heard one of the rulers yet that was not in favor of building the third temple. Yeah. It's very important to all of them, secular or religious.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So
2: they're kind of talking out of both sides of the question. There.
0: Religious yes. folks always try to blame the secular folks. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Let's not worry about cleaning up our own room first. Right. <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, but you know,
1: I mean, John, too, it's it's important uh, not just for the Jewish people, but it's important for the world because it is part of oh, God's yeah. plan. It's in Scripture. It's going to yeah. happen. And that's why we get excited about it when we see these types of stories because it does give you hope, understanding, look, Everything the Bible says is absolutely true, 100%.
2: It kind of drives home to people, if they think about it. Everything that has been done and done the way it's supposed to be has always been done by people of immense faith. Absolutely. The people that have little faith have gone sideways and done it wrong. But the people of immense faith have been guided through and continually done it right and I guess that's the point that I'm finding here. Yes, sir. But it's good to talk to you. You're looking good. Everything's going. And have a wonderful time. Bless you all. Thank you very much for what you do.
0: Thanks, Thank you. John. God bless you. Okay. You know, Doug, to God stack to what you said there in response to John, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you mentioned that they'd lost this land because of their lack of faith, and that's true. But to add to that, also a lack of works. Yeah. You know, and. Boy, when you start talking, you mention the <laughs> idols that we have. Up, yeah. Well, and I'm going, yeah. well, hey, we're supposed to be talking about Israel. Why are you trying to talk to me? <laughs> Why are you trying right. to get on my case? Right. So, I mean, with that in mind, you know, we don't have a lot of time left. So yeah. what are one or three things, however many you want to give us on on how we can apply this principle to what's going on in our lives? Well, you know, I mean, Vince really it goes back to what I was talking about a while ago.
1: A lot of people say, I believe in Jesus, but they don't say that I believe Jesus is the Lord over my life. He wants the Lord over our life and in order to allow Him to do that, we've got to surrender to Him and that means surrender everything. And that's hard in the flesh, it is. You know, even for Spirit-filled individuals, you're still battling like Paul said.
0: So I would just say continue on seeking God while while we have that opportunity. Maybe a good way to start is like surrender the first 10 minutes of your day to Him. There you go. Put everything else away, surrender that to Him. So try that tomorrow morning. And also, don't forget to comment, happy birthday, Doug. (laughs) He'll be a year older next time we see him on Tuesday. We'll be right back tomorrow at 3 p.m. Central time.